Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, episode 74, where today we are going to be discussing living by your core word. People that know me know I'm kind of a goal achievement kind of OT. In fact, allow me to pride myself for a moment or two when my 21-year-old son, who is just finishing off university, wrote me an email towards the end of this year in 2022 and said to me, Mom, I hit all my goals. He had a personal goal, a physical fitness goal, and a school goal. Not allowing a moment to pat myself on the back pass, I said, aren't you, first of all, congratulations, yay for you. And second of all, aren't you glad you had a mother like me? Those of you who don't have children might think I'm pretty self-serving, but you got to take it where you can get it. And he said, you're talking about our September goal setting time, aren't you, mom? And indeed I am. Since the kids were little, we created a first day of school ritual where we would go out for dinner to our favorite Italian restaurant, order obscene amounts of orange Gina and pasta, and set personal end goals for really the school year. Once in peds, always in peds. I basically think the year starts in September, but I digress. I am proud of being a person who writes goals and achieves goals, and I'm proud of raising children who now, at least 50% of them, write goals and focus on them and achieve them. Goal setting is a huge topic, and I am not able to do it justice in one 
podcast episode. However, we write goals for a living and we know how to write them for ourselves and for our clients. We know it's important to focus because what we focus on grows. We know to track. We know to track our data. We know how to reverse engineer. We know how to backwards chain. We know these things. I wanted to dive a little deeper and find out how to deepen goal achievement. And that led me to work on flow. Now, I know OTs have work about flow, but the person that really brought this back into my consciousness in 2020 is Dr. Julia Colangelo. She describes flow as an optimal experience where we are focused, completely immersed, and productive, or moving clearly closer to our goals. So this is not a cut and dry hack type of topic, is it? It's goal setting with flow. Let's talk a bit more about flow. One of the things that Dr. Julia Colangelo explores with flow is goal achievement so that people can live intentional, impactful, and purposeful lives. That's what I want for you. You know the three pillars of OTs get paid are increasing profit, increasing clarity, and increasing impact. I would be doing you, the listener, a disservice if we just talked about goals in a black and white, non-whole person, hacky kind of way. So we're leaning into a bit of flow theory today so that you can have goal achievement while living an intentional, impactful, and purposeful life. Doesn't that sound amazing? One of Dr. Colangelo's biggest strategies is having joy-filled activities. I love that. What have you done for yourself as a CEO, as an OT with a business, as a founder, that fills you with joy. Have you ever thought that that actually might lead you to better achieving your goals? I know I've leaned into that for 2022. My joy-filling activities, I've mentioned some of them over the while, have been leaning more into singing lessons. I made a bold move and signed my own self up for private singing lessons as opposed to giving that money to my children for their extracurricular, as well as continuing with the choir. I've talked about swimming and doubling down into some master's swimming programs. I have spent more intentional time with my friends. My social circuit is smaller and it is richer and it is deeper. And I can think of many other ways, but those are the tops. I wonder what you have done. And I'd love to hear about them. We've got the OTs Get Paid Facebook group. We also now have Trish Williams Consulting on IG and it is hopping over there. Please feel free to slide into those DMs and tell me about it. This, Dr. Colangelo says, allows us to focus on that living in alignment piece. Another important part of that is having a core word. One of the solutions that I came up with to help us as OT entrepreneurs who want to become get paid peeps and to increase the clarity as a business owner and in your business is called the CEO Weekly Report. And it is a qualitative download where you gather 
the links for all your quantitative data that you are tracking, as well as a type of journaling slash tracking exercise. What are the big rocks? What did you achieve? What is still on your mind? Who has been inspirational or inspiring or supportive to you? And recently I added, through the work of Dr. Colangelo, a core word for the quarter and for the year. Because this has now been proven to help us with goal achievement, getting in that state of flow. Our guest today knows that. And that's what we're going to talk about. Today's guest is a money to spare CEO. She took the quiz. People take the quiz. Link in the show notes. It will tell you where you are in a stage of business and what to do next. And she's a money to spare CEO, which means she's in the scaling phase and she's making over $100,000 a year in her coaching business. And she has a core word that positively impacts her life and her work goals. So today we get to have a beautiful conversation with Ellen Theriot. Thank you, public school, elementary, French immersion. Helen, I don't know how you would say this without a French accent, Terrio, I suppose. And she is a world-renowned speaker and holistic coach and obviously bilingual. And her company is Function First Coaching, where she wants to change the face of healthcare by empowering all the providers and the leaders and the professionals to build sustainable outcomes. She has an accredited methodology. I love a good methodology. We love a good accredited approach called Dive Into a Coach Approach, where she trains and certifies healthcare professionals in this framework. She lives in British Columbia, where she lives with her children and her husband, and they play a lot of each volleyball, and they ski, which is what you want to do. And you can do in the same day if you live in certain parts of British Columbia, like Vancouver, you could actually be in the mountains and then be at the beach on the same day. That's why Vancouver, <laughs> little Canadian plug here, is one of the most beautiful places in the world to live. She is from the east coast of Canada in one of our only two provinces that has official bilingual French-English, that is Quebec and New Brunswick. The whole country is, but those two provinces, just a little history lesson, a little geography lesson for those of you who are listening. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley. As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my clients started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. It is a bilingual province. We speak a little bit of French. We also talk a little bit more about a sport that we both enjoy along with how a core word really helps keep you in alignment in living your daily life and in your business. Enjoy. 
Welcome, bonjour, bon matin, Hélène. Merci, Trish. That's about all my French. For those of you... (laughs) Okay, and we're done. (laughs) Am I going to speak French intermittently during this podcast? There might be some French. I I take any opportunity I can to practice. Thank you. I'm getting a thumbs up from Hélène. Merci beaucoup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am very excited to have Hélène here. Mostly, there's a million reasons. We are going to talk today, as I said in the intro, about how Hélène is a money-to-spare CEO and how she shows up using her keyword of the year in really practical areas of business. I can't wait. First, we need to hear from Hélène. How do you get paid? Meaning, tell us about you and what you do. Well, I've listened to your podcast many times, Trish, and I always love how you start with that question. Um, And for me, how I like to answer that question, I actually start with the why, Mm, and then I go to the how, and then the what that you're looking for. Because I find it all brings it together for me. So for me, that why is everything at Function First Coaching, everything we do is that strong belief in shifting healthcare from inside out. So really believing in thinking and doing differently. And the intent is really to accelerate that client empowerment by reinventing how healthcare professionals lead and have. So the belief and that why is in the value of what the coaching skills can bring to healthcare professionals. That belief that healthcare professionals already have such a strong foundation, as you know, to use that coach approach. And that we don't need to be fully credentialed coaches in order. Right? Amen. Sorry to those out there, like I'm thinking of people that we've had, like Jill Garafa. And like, I love, yeah, I personally, and listen, Go back and listen to the episode with Jill Garofa where we talked about OTs being coaches and we agreed to disagree, right? And okay, I happen to 100% agree with you. So you're not here to fulfill my agenda, by the way, (laughs) but I just needed to tap in and say, I agree. Okay, thank you. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was very enthusiastic. Okay. Yes, and I love it in the moment. And for me, that why is, again, with that value of coaching, the skills that it can, the the coaching skills, the impact it can have for us as healthcare. So it's really that strong belief. And this is the why, like for me, that I find that's why it's so important to describe that, because this is why I wake up every morning. This is why there it's, as you know, being an entrepreneur is not a smooth sailing road. There's ups and downs. And this is my why. And so really strongly believing the impact that coaching can have for us. It can improve, and I've seen it, right? Like that's why the why is so strong. It can improve our client satisfaction. It can accelerate their results. It can improve relationships that we have with our colleagues, with with the staff that we're working with. It can improve building teams. It can improve for us specifically, it can improve our confidence in clinical skills and leadership skills, like an area that I feel is not tapped yeah. enough in occupational therapy. I and agree. For me, 
right? That I just got somebody in my DMs this morning, quite literally saying, hey, I have a question about leadership skills and building leadership skills in my team. She's an OT who owns a peace clinic. Yep. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. And that would be the people I'd love to work with. And for me, a big piece of that why, and I've experienced it, is to support us walk away from that burnout. Because we know that we're a lo- most of us in the healthcare are at risk for burnout. Yeah. So that's my why. That's what gets me up. The how we do that is the way we shift healthcare from inside out is by offering services to three categories. So public healthcare, private healthcare, associations, and universities. And we do our services that is always has to be evidence-based and it has to have actionable content. Those are the two key pieces. Now we get into, okay, how the, the what, the, the why, the how, now what do you do? And so what I do, and the best way for those that are visual learners, such as myself, um, if you have a computer near you or your phone, functionfirstcoaching.com slash backslash services. So I'm looking at that now, and I've got those three circles. I call them my three bubbles. So how I get paid is through group training. And it's by offering micro-credentialing or professional development credentials to healthcare professionals to start using a coach approach in their practice. And the group training right now is about 30% of the income for this year. The second bubble, and I'm very excited that the second bubble is now on the website. It's a new new page uh, called Speaking Engagement. So that started only a few years ago, um, and that is only about 10% of the the profit so far, Uh, but that's my joy. That's my joy bubble. All of them are my joy bubbles, which is fantastic to see. And then the third is private coaching. And private coaching is really when I started in 2017, uh, started that bubble was about 100% when I would have started. And now it's at 60%. And it would be 40% of that is one-on-one coaching to leaders and healthcare professionals. And then the 20% coaching individuals with disabilities and illnesses and primarily supporting them to go back to work. So those three bubbles you see there, and there's another one um, that brings me a lot of joy, but it's not there. It's uh, being a clinical instructor at mm-hmm. the University of British Columbia. Love, love, love to spend time with students. So um, anything UBC will ask of me, (laughs) I am there. Um, I have done field work placements. I'm really, I really enjoy um, spending time with students. Thank you so much for that very in-depth and organized answer. You can already tell how Ellen thinks. When I spent time in her website and did deep dives in preparation for this, I could already tell just how she was going to like organize her beautiful brain from the visuals. So thank you very much. Absolutely. Let's talk about your income and impact goals. You mentioned percentages, which I love to hear. Let's talk in dollars. You said you were willing to do that and wanting to do about what you want to see, what you've seen now and what your goals are. And then we're going to come back to talk a bit about being a money despair CEO before we jump into the depth. So tell me about the income, the gross revenue, anything you want to talk to us about numbers for your company this year and going forward. Yeah, so this year, uh, so at the time of this recording, we're, we've finished Q3. 
So we're at on target at a little over 120. Gross. Uh, gross. Yeah. And, Beautiful. And, yeah. Where my aim, like for me, what helps me for my targets, I say, and what when I look at my numbers, because I'm not uh, a fan of looking at my numbers, I'm starting to, and you know, start to shift my perception of that and enjoy that process. And once you get into it, it's actually not that bad. Where I'd like to be is more stability and, and just focusing more on those impact goals, going in, being more specific and intentional with the impact goals. Okay, so let's talk a bit about those impact goals. Mm -hmm. What are they? So for me, those that I'm tracking mm -hmm. um, is when, especially when it's working with public health care and private health care, is the services that we're providing, is it improving retention? Um, is it improving work satisfaction? Uh, is it reducing feelings of burnout? So that I'll ask as well when it's uh, through universities and associations, like that's what I really want people, that's what I want to hear. Is it improving your confidence in clinical skills? So those are my four main ones that I'm focusing on right now. I think you're a genius. <laughs> and not just because you're literally doing all the things I tell and teach people to do and do trainings on. So what you are talking about here is KPIs. Mm -hmm. Do you want to tell the audience about KPIs and how you came up with those? Yeah, so those key performance indicators, um, I know they sound a bit scary to think mm -hmm. about. And they're not, um, I think like, I would, is it fair to say, I don't like to generalize, but most OT entrepreneurs, I don't, we don't go into occupational therapy because we love numbers and we love. Yeah, people. I would agree with that. Right. Um, but I find those key performance indicators is such a good place to start because it's linked to your why. If you heard my why story, you could pick out all of those, right? And so it could even start, someone could even start with their why. And you know what, what really helped me with my why? And I was so lucky to land on that pretty much a few months before I uh, Function First Coaching was officially in place. Function First Coaching opened in 2017. So in 2016, I was invited to the BDS. So business development, I'm making it up, BDS. We'll have to look it up. Okay. <laughs> It's Say Canadian. Is it Canadian? Oh, yes. That's right. We, yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. seen this. And so, and then there was a special uh, two-day conference and you could only be invited if mm. you were making six-digit figures and mm -hmm. you started in the 200s. Oh. I didn't even have Function First Coaching open, but it was my friend who was in that camp in a different um, business, not in healthcare, that invited me. She was able to bring a guest. And she Beautiful. knew I was about to enter that entrepreneur journey. And I got to tag along. Part of our homework was to listen to Simon Sinek. Uh-huh. I was just going to say, I was right? actually trying to decide in my brain which of the two most common resources I hear that people refer to when they're talking about getting to this really important nugget of information. And yours is Simon Sinek's. And as an aside, I used to teach yeah. at McMaster. Again, we're doing a little Canadian love in here. And those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, I encourage you to open your apps and Google where we're talking about because Canada is a fantastic country. We have listeners from all over the world. We're teaching you things. Um yeah. 
I used to teach at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, and also at the University of Alberta. And it was at the University of Alberta that they officially put that book on the um, on the syllabus and in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I know. I knew you would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. And I actually have the note because I was staying. I do staycations since I started right. the business. I do these staycations. So this was my one of my first staycations. And I'm looking at the note mm-hmm. right in front of me of listening to him for the first time in 2016. Is seven-minute TED Talk. And I wrote my circle, the why, the how, mm-hmm. and the what. Mm-hmm. And how yeah. you start from inside out. And ever since, that's kind of the framework Beautiful. And that I've, I've used. Well, you know, and- I love a framework. In fact, I should yeah. say, it's funny because again, when you started with your, you know, how, why, what, or pardon me, I think I've got that out of order. Why, how, what? I was like, that's Simon Sinek. And then additionally, I need to let you know, the people who are listening that prior to Ellen, I don't, I don't do a ton of ton of prep with people because I like to capture a lot of spontaneity. Mm-hmm. And Ellen and I had batted around a few topics over email and it was, you know, we chatted for a few minutes and it was time to put some structure around our topic. And I sent her my visual framework for OTs get paid. So we are geeky, wow. frameworky people here yeah. and it makes a massive difference. So keep, I'm, keep talking about that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and I have it in front of me and I, it's, uh, it's a brilliant framework. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know... Thank you again for, you know, and there is a sweeping generalization and I am not every OT, nor are you. Every OT that's listening is an individual. And yet, because we work with therapists, we see patterns and yeah. because we've taught, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that I would say about data, and we have a, quite a few podcasts about using data to drive decisions versus your intuition or how to start measuring the return on the investment of whatever yeah. it is that you do, particularly in your team members. People often say to me, I can't afford to get any help because I am not making enough money. And my mm-hmm. point of view is, well, if you know that you need to get a return on investment from that person, they should be making that money back. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you need some KPIs, which are key performance mm-hmm. indicators. And I always say to the therapists that numbers tell a story. Yeah. And we love a story. In fact, I haven't met many OTs that don't like doing assessments. In Good fact, one. I think a lot of us do love the assessment time. I feel like it helps break up the rush, 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 rush of, of and again, we're talking about traditional service providing OTs. Yeah. I know there are many people out there with what in the we used to call atypical business models, um, and that's great. The idea of an assessment that allows you to take some time, mm-hmm. dive deep, gain the data because I, every OT I know is like, we are a science and we are here to prove that we are here to stay, right? And lean into what you know being evidence-based, gather the data, and then that reflection piece to come up with the story to then tell your client, to then share with your client's family is one of the most rewarding pieces of OT. And to me, that's when I started realizing that my numbers told a story. And as I teach this and I share this, mm-hmm. others begin to find the same thing. So I'm appreciative that you brought that up. And such a great way to help us shift our perspective around what may seem like scary numbers and scary KPIs to identify. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I agree. Because it sounds super biznobby. 
And people yeah. come to us for like help with business and you don't want to lose them with biznobby terms. And yet there's a filter. It's kind of like, hey, here's some outcomes, you know, and in business, they call them KPIs. And yours are, are more, yours have a lyricism to them. You know, for example, like a social media manager for me is like, you'd better get us leads and engagement mm-hmm. and sales. That's what your job is. It's not just to post five times. Like, mm-hmm. what are we, and if that moves the needle, then we'll know it or we won't, right? Um, so that's a very common KPI and it's a little bit more cut and dry and a little bit more bold and, you know, maybe OTs don't feel that CEO mm-hmm. piece of themselves. They want to lean into that. And again, mm-hmm. if they're supervising people who are doing the fulfillment, really the KPI is show up and see clients, <laughs> right? And hopefully mm-hmm. bill a certain amount while I'm not going to burst you down in a productivity standard that's unrealistic. Yes. And so yes. what I love about your particular KPIs is they're, they tell a story as well, right? And it, they're meaningful. And I love that you didn't get scared by, you know, percentages or whatever the case may be. So yes. what yes. I want to do is talk about being a money to spare CEO. So for those of you who have not yet taken the quiz, there's a link. Please go to the link to take the OTs get paid quiz. We talk about where you are in your business. We talk about the growth, the different growth stages of business and what you can do to work on next based on where you are in business. And money to spare CEO is what we call the scale phase here. And that means that using, you know, our framework and the questions that we, you know, focus on and the trainings that we focus on here at OTs Get Paid, Ellen has scored in, you know, the category of scaling. So I haven't asked you this question and I'm mm-hmm. going to ask it and be very vulnerable. So here's a KPI, right? Like, what was it like taking the quiz? Like, did you like it? What did you learn? What was your impression? Yeah, it's, when I got the results, I was surprised because there's some that I answered as twos and some, there's some that I answered that were clear threes. I'm like, yep, a hundred percent. There's some that I answer. I'm like, oh, I'm not a two, but I'm not a, th- I don't feel like I'm a three uh, consistently. Does that make sense? Yep. And so I wanted like, I wanted another option. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> you want me to give you two and a half? You want me yes. to rebuild the quiz? Yes. Okay. So That's what you're telling me is that my um my I, my data isn't sensitive enough. The questions aren't 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 sensitive in no. my in my tool. <laughs> I think it's me that uh, wants the room for growth. I'm like, yes. no, this part, you know, because I'm not. I I really don't feel like I'm there yet. If that makes yes. sense, like I, I, sorry, there's way more growth. I feel I need to do. Well, that's really, actually really yeah. interesting. That's actually really interesting. It's interesting because one of the things I'm trying to do while I'm working on is developing a visual about how the programs that I coach in, like Road to 100K to 100K Club to eventually a mastermind, because, you know, we've divided it by dollars, and yet that's not the whole story by any stretch, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to have a little visual, and I first started drawing it on a mountain, like the Road to 100Kers are here, and then more detail, right? Like what it's, what, where you are and where you want to get to, and what are the things you need to work on from a visual perspective. And then... 100k club people here or you know feast and famine people and and beyond and then I'm not sure I loved the mountain because I think we need to be like I have got a whole podcast coming up about anti-hustle right I feel like 
that's a grind. And I feel as though that visual is kind of depressing. Like on days, I told you this morning, okay, Ellen, just for a visual, Ellen is like all kitted out in her blazer and her like bob. And I am a hot mess. And that's okay. It's like podcast Tuesdays, right? Plus it just snowed here in Alberta in Q3 and I'm just bumming out about it. So I I found another visual that had kind of like undulating hills. I can't believe I'm talking about this. It was literally a few days ago. And I was like, well, it is more of a path, but it is also like, you know, it is also like an up. And then you've actually given me such an interesting piece of feedback because you're saying I'm supposedly in this third category of scale that I've like, quote unquote, made it. Like, where do I go from here? And now I'm even more satisfied I'm not choosing the mountain because that does make you feel like there's just, you've reached the top and there's nothing else. Yeah, yeah. And as a growth mindset person, which is actually like, we're going to talk about the word in a minute, the word, that goes totally against my word. So this is really great. Okay. Oh yeah, so on that visual. I will, I will, thank you. Ellen came up with this brilliant idea. Ellen is, you know, a creative and organized person. It's like you're using all these great, important parts of your brain. And she had an idea to talk about her keyword of the year. So that's what we're going to do. And we're going to talk about how her keyword of the year influences how Ellen shows up in life and in work. And we're going to give you a bit of a framework on that. So what is your keyword of the year, Ellen? And it's also going to be the same one for next year. I was going to ask that question. Okay, good. So we're not... Okay, wonderful. So key year, key word of this year and next year. year. It's inspire. Mm. Inspiration. Beautiful. Before I ask the obvious question, which is how did you get to that word? What is the value? I teach this inside my programs. I don't believe I talk a lot about it outside of my programs. What yeah. is the value to you of having a keyword? I view my keyword as my compass, my North guiding Star. light, and my North Star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I usually do it. You know how most people in the new year will do their Wait. new mm-hmm. year's resolution? Mm-hmm. So I've pretty much kaboshed that a while ago. A long time ago. Wow, see? <laughs> Me that. too. I, I dislike yeah. that so much in January. Yeah. It's um, yeah, one of my pet peeves, I think. And, and so that's when I came up with that idea of having a keyword. And it was inspired by a coaching training that I had done at that time really early on. And it just stuck with me. And so I write it out and it just becomes part. It, it helps with uh, a lot of, de- we'll probably get into it, but it's helped with decision-making as well. I agree. In the business. Yeah. I agree. So To those of you who want to know a bit more, I created the CEO weekly report, which I do share outside of my programs. I teach really how to use it in depth inside my programs. And in there, I changed it actually. I changed it from like, what is your word of the year to, I can't remember the wording, but I took a training from from Flow School, a woman called Dr. Julia Colangelo, I believe. And she talks about actually using I almost call it my flow word now. However, mm-hmm. it's 
the, the real question that I have for you is, because this blew my mind, and I know I did talk about this on a previous podcast. And by the way, if you want that template, it's in the, it's in the podcast uh, show notes for podcast resources. Guess what, though? I had two different words. One, actually, no, that's not true. I had one word just for work. I have been doing this report for two years, every week, every month, every year. And I had a keyword and I didn't have one for my life. Uh, And it was a therapist because I'm really honest. I doubled down in therapy after a tough season after COVID lockdowns and stuff. And she said to me, well, what's your word for your life? And I went, oh my God. Gosh, that's the most obvious question to me. So, is inspiration both for life and for work for you? And hundred percent, beautiful. Yeah. Okay, that's why. That's why I think the two years. Yeah, I can't let yes. it go. Yes. Okay, I'm that's not ready. So great. So quickly, because I don't want to dwell on this. I want to like. I want to dive deep into your word. How did you? What are the steps that you took to come up with it? Was it anything fancy? Mm, no. Did you have no. a framework? No, I did not have a framework. Well, neither was, of us had a framework to come up with our keywords. <laughs> that was from the gut. Me too. That was, yeah, that was, came from the gut and it was just, my mindset was, I think, thinking about, for my personal life, I was thinking about my two kids mm. and my immediate family with challenging situations they're facing right now. Mm. And then, so that was for the family side, a personal side. And then when it came to the business side, it's, it's my why. Yeah. It's my why it's, you know, for, for me, and I'm, we might get into this later, but for me, posting on social media is not comfortable. That is discomfort zone. If I could remove social media out of my world, I probably would do it. <laughs> and so strong discomfort. And I will post if it's going to inspire one person that that will be, you know, so that's one I knew that I need. And that's why I still need to continue to use Inspire for next year, because I'm still not at the comfort level I want to be with social media. Okay. This is so great. So I think the podcast I referred this to is called Mm -hmm. Slowing Down to Hear the Answer. Mm, Okay. Because I believe I might have recorded that. Gosh, this is way TMI today. I might have recorded that after a therapy session when I realized like, and and mine was very gut as well. Mine, by the way, is expansion. Okay. And it was growth. Both. It's for, well, yeah, it's both now. Before it was growth. And and then again, that's too mountainy. So I was telling a friend on a walk and she's like, you know, brilliant. She's got a engineering degree and a PhD in psychology. Like, you know, anyways, she's crazy smart. And I also trust her opinion. And I was telling her about this and she said, oh, I don't think you mean growth. I think you mean expansion. And I went, oh, that's so much better. And again, it does come from growth mindset. So what I mean by that, and again, people that aren't really getting it, I think most OTs will because we're so holistic and we're so client-centered. But what I mean before we, you know, get a little more detail here is what do you need to have happen every day in order for it to be a worthy, show-upable, good day? Mm -hmm. So, and again, I'm not talking about climbing a mountain. I'm talking about even if I am flaking out on the couch watching NFL football and that might have been Sunday. (laughs) 
Um, you know, like, I don't need you to have a checklist. I don't need you to be achieving every day. But it's like, did you do something inspirational that day, Ellen? And for me, it's did I have any kind of growth? So even a walk with a friend where I can hold space and help her with a problem maybe she's having with her son who's significantly younger than my kids, like that's expansion for me, right? And so that's what you and I are referring to. So and you before know, we... To, just super quickly, what comes to mind as you share your story is, and you're asking like how like both of us was more with the gut. Mm-hmm. Um, what comes to mind too is what fills your bucket? Yeah, for sure. Right? For like sure. in that moment when you supported your friend who has a mm-hmm. younger kid, like it mm-hmm. probably filled your bucket. It does. Mm-hmm. When, yeah. So yep. I think that's another place that we can go to is what yeah and it really allows like I'll continue on this metaphor because I'm no longer in peds and boy do I miss kids and I'm also I'm not trying to take over this interview you know that but I'm just expanding see I'm trying to be inspirational and expansive so as we're recording this it's going to be Halloween soon and I am an empty nester and I love handing out candy on Halloween because I love, love, love seeing the kids. Like I am that woman that will talk to those kids and make them do silly things and their parents are like creepy house. And now I'm scared to be the really weird (laughs) old lady because there's nobody home, right? But I don't care for Halloween decorating whatsoever. And I don't Mm. like costumes. And that might, I would have beaten myself up about that in the past. Like it's inconsistent. And, you know, you're not like, who are you if you say you love Halloween, but you don't like it? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, now I'm just freer in the decisions I make because to me, the expansiveness does not come. Listen, if you love Halloween, you do you, boo. But I would have stressed out about not having more than one pumpkin. And now I'm like, okay. a pumpkin, but what fills my bucket? What is yeah. my why? Why I show up every day? It's like the joy that I will feel seeing all of those faces for two and a half hours on Halloween. Like, that's it. It's about the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what gives you joy. And I love that. And just embracing that. And Exactly. You know, that getting to that place of that's okay. Accepting it and moving on. Not feeling guilty or stopping for shame about it. Just it, it is what being authentic. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So... Let's mm-hmm. talk about how this shows up in your business because mm-hmm. one of the things that people love listening to when they tune in to this podcast is hearing beautiful stories like we've shared and mm-hmm. also actionable pieces how it affects business. Let's talk about the three pillars in OTs get paid. We've got in order to become a paid peep, you need three things. You need to increase your profit, you need to mm-hmm. increase your clarity, and you need to be increasing your impact. We've talked about impact. Let's talk about the nitty gritty of profit. How does your key word allow Mm -hmm. you truly to increase your profit? Mm -hmm. So for me, what comes to mind as I'm looking at the model, you've got one that says uh, part of profit includes refining your sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. So I find for this year, it's been really honing in on that. And you know, the the three bubbles we were looking at Mm -hmm. on your website. Yep. And it was really to explore those three bubbles and making sure, because if you were to look at that website 12 months ago, Uh, there were different bubbles. There so was let's, one. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. I love bubbles. For those who yeah. might have not like had a kid, crying kid or they dropped off at school or they were in and out to the store with a client. <laughs> a lot of people listen to this in the car, by the way. The bubbles that you're referring to are your services, really, your offers, right? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so I want to make sure that people are understanding what we're talking about here. Yeah, mm-hmm. perfect. So the Thank different offers that you have. Yeah, and I would have had the group training, speaking engagement, and private coaching. That's what the that's what the three bubbles offers. Right mm-hmm. now. But where I started earlier in the year, they were different bubbles, and mm-hmm. unincluded a virtual home office. And the students and I, as I shared earlier, many occupational, I've had, I think uh, we counted the other day, 17 students in the past two years wow. do a placement instruction first coaching, uh, just helping out with, because of COVID and I do virtual health. So uh, exactly. more students felt comfortable. So it was amazing to help out. And so we did lots of work for virtual home office and we developed this amazing program that uses a coach approach. However, when I did some further business development training, I realized this is not what gives me joy. This is not a service I want to do. This is not a service when I crunch the numbers, right? When I embrace the numbers and I crunch the numbers, I'm like, you a story. Yep. they told me a story. And when I listen also to my gut, to my heart, it wasn't what brought me joy. What brought me joy is working with the students on this. It was to train the students to do that service. And it, it was to be more that leadership coaching role. And I could see having kinesiologists, hiring occupational therapists and offering this service. But when I crunched numbers, they just didn't make sense. And the joy wasn't. So, so it's almost like a formula for me. 100%. And I listened to, uh, it was part of doing this business development course that I was doing. And someone spoke and they just spoke my language. And that day... I went on my website, I called my website team and I said, get that bubble down. (laughs) I was ready. It had been spinning in my head, but it's not easy. It's not easy to let go of a service. And it was a service that was in the true typical occupational therapy path, which is hard for me to let go of. And so it was a process decision, but it was that talk. It was like the stages of change, right? Like Mm -hmm. I had contemplated about it. And and finally, I got to that action. And then it allowed me, like, I can't even imagine, I I don't want to count the number of hours we spent on developing this virtual office service. Mm -hmm. Someday, maybe I'll resurface it, I'll package Mm -hmm. it, you know, give it to others. That would be amazing. But in that moment, I had to make the decision of crunching those numbers and what's more profitable and what brings me joy. And by saying no and closing the door on that allowed me to focus on group training. It allowed me to take the time to, okay, let's submit some proposals. Where else can, what other doors are there for me for group training? It's at 30% right now. The beginning of the year would have been at 15. It's gone up to 30, which is amazing. To interview me again, hopefully in a year from now, okay. I hope to save 45, 60%. Yeah. Right. I love the group training. And so, and that's what will shift healthcare the most from inside out is by yes. doing that. Right. That's such and a concrete so, example. Yeah. And so that, I think, hopefully that story resonates with the listeners about really ref- focusing on where you're spending your energy yeah. and, and crunching those numbers. And for me, it needs to equal joy. Otherwise I won't do it. I agree. I think, you know, in the 100K Club, people get a chance to submit their strategic plan to me. We work on it in a group and then they get feedback from me over video. And one of the common themes was I had not done a good enough job really training what a unique value proposition was. Mm -hmm. So when I say like, what are you best at? It's like, what 
is your unique value proposition? And I realized, again, that I hadn't done strong enough training. So when I dove into it, I realized, uh, so I found models. (laughs) And one of those things is like, what are your competitors doing? that's not good. What are you doing? That's amazing. Obviously, what is profitable and making money? Like, what are people buying? And what is, are you spending that time in your zone of genius, right? Is that where you want to spend most of your time? I mean, the answer is yes. And are you? So I love how that word reminds you of how to build that unique value proposition. What about clarity? Where has your word inspire helped increase the clarity that you have as a CEO? Mm -hmm. So with this year, there's been a lot of work done with marketing coaching. Great. Marketing coach and really getting clear because I Mm -hmm. really felt like at the beginning of this year, I really felt in a, uh, not a stable place, if that's Mm -hmm. fair to say, right? Mm -hmm. Taking that decision to take that bubble out and not... Um, I was doing a lot of B to C, so business to client, and not as much of business to business. And I really needed to spend the time. And that's where, you know, my spending also went uh, towards marketing coach and really getting that clarity and that word inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. It was so clear to me that I want to work with private healthcare. I want Mm -hmm. to support those small and medium-sized and large-sized organizations to incorporate a coaching culture, to keep their healthcare professionals working and happy, and to keep clients moving forward. And same with with public healthcare. So many of us, there's a statistic that I pulled out because I'm working on a project. I I wrote it down because I knew you'd appreciate this. 47% of U.S. healthcare workers are leaving the profession yeah a recent data and that breaks my heart because we study so hard to become occupational therapists it's just as hard to get into ot as medical school Mm -hmm. and the fact that we're leaving and we're so needed Mm -hmm. is just heart-wrenching to me and so that's my inspiration if Mm -hmm. i can't support one OT shifting their view of how yeah. they see their position in public health and how they can support their clients to be more accountable and self-manage their health. So their to-do list goes down and yeah. the client's to-do list goes up. And if I can help one OT stay in their position, it's it's oh, it's my I why. Right? I agree. I had a call last week with somebody who I said, you know, they were interested in coaching one-on-one, which I don't have a lot of spots. So I said, what's like why now? Like, why are you, why are you making this, why are we having this conversation right now? And they said, because if I don't, I'm, the clinic is closed. Wow. And like, that's a big deal. This person has served, has made, like, it's not just the hours and hours and hours they've spent. It's, it's also the people that they have served that were so happy. Like every OT does great work. That's my blanket wide brush statement, right? And yep. so, yeah, my heart actually broke. Like, and I'm on a yeah. sales call, so you don't you'd think I'd have to be like, "Oh, well, you got to buy for me." And that wasn't it. It was like, "Oh my gosh, like I can help you <laughs> so that you keep your clinic open so that all these people can can get your really important service." So, 
So it sounds like for marketing, again, just to circle back and give some business language to this before we start diving into the rapid fire questions at the end. So in terms of you, you got clarity around marketing and it sounds like Mm -hmm. it was about who your new ideal client was and the type of messaging that you were going to use for your Mm -hmm. ideal client. What else? What else did the marketing people help you gain clarity around? Yeah. So I think what was really helpful for me is getting clear on the personas. So once that ideal client, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Once you became clear, those three buckets, right? Private healthcare, public healthcare, and associations and universities. Mm -hmm. Then it was such a helpful exercise that I Mm -hmm. think I'll go back. It'll be interesting to see how often I'll go back into, but really developing your persona. So who... Is And at that point, I'd work with a lot of people in public and all of those three, mm-hmm. right? So we have Emma. We've designed Emma. There's a picture I had of Jennifer. Emma. I had Jennifer right? when, I was at, uh, when I was at Spring OT with my bricks and mortar. The mom was named Jennifer. And Jennifer. And you know, so you, you need them. They have an age category. What magazine do they read? What conferences do we go? And really, and at first I was like, what uh, kind of exercise is this? And it was only later on that I realized the value. It all came, you know, there's, so there's a lot of benefits to really spending time in getting to know your personas. And I think OTs, we come from a place of curiosity all the time, right? And so once you've got an idea of who your Jennifer is or your Emma is, and ask those questions, paint Jennifer in a clearer picture. And then it helps you when you're communicating with that person. And so now, and by the way, for me, I don't call it sales call. I hate the word sales. Me too. So yeah. I call okay. it. I don't mind it, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so that's a piece I've, I have to do a reframe. I'm not okay. selling anyone anything. I am here to serve you. How can I support you? Like that's mm-hmm. my mind. And I'm sure you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's helped me when I'm having a dialogue with someone and they need some support. I'm like, okay, am I talking to Emma right now? Mm-hmm. Am I talking to Nick? Or am I talking? You know? So mm-hmm. then once I know that, and you can tell I'm very analytical, very. clearly. And so once I know who I'm speaking to, then it helps. Ah, this is their pain points. Because every persona will have a different pain point. And exactly. I think that's the piece, the clarity piece that uh, for me has been quite valuable to work with Beautiful. a marketing So I I wanted to have an, because I have a visual, like I remember being in first year OT school and being so jealous of the physios. uh, In Canada, we call them physios. En français, c'est physiothérapeute, c'est ça en français? Très bien, oui. Okay, see, I told you guys I'd be practicing my French. And I remember being super jealousy of them all kitted out in their like... I went to school before Lululemon. That's how old I am. So they weren't wearing Lulu, but they were wearing like their athletic kits, right? And they were palpating and doing this. And we're learning about like, I don't know, the CMOP. And I was like, God, why? I knew OT was for me, but I was like, when am I going to actually do something? And I feel as though these beginning stages, I've just had a bunch, I was just on Rafi Salazar's podcast about the actual profitability, like the actual objective, how it affects your business about mission, values, and vision. And I have a few podcasts on that as well. But it's same, same. It's like, it reminds me of learning about the CMOP when all these physios are at lunch being like, oh, let me palpate your phenar eminence. And I'm like, I looked at a bunch of circles (laughs) and some arrows. 
And oh, that's the stuff that I keep coming back to. So I there's a there's a social media post out there right now that says like this stuff isn't fluff. And yeah. it's really not fluffy. Okay. And no. please, if you get anything out of this discussion, is go back to those things because they're not fluffy. All right. Thank you so much for these beautiful, beautiful examples. So ready for some rapid fire questions at the end? Fire away. Okay. What is your biggest personal money splurge, Ellen? Ah, uh, uh, travel category, which I yes, subdivide yes. into. Of course you do. <laughs> because now you're analytical, Ellen. Okay, go. Now you know I'm analytical. Yeah. So um, subdivide into either for, for family or for pleasure. So for us, it's more for family right now. So both my husband and I, our families are, you know, a 12 hour flight door to door it takes us 12 hours to go to my hometown in New Brunswick and mm-hmm. uh, my husband it's a good eight an hour so so there you know it's a good chunk of our budget to mm-hmm. travel to see family the other one I would put in the leisure active recreation category mm-hmm. so with the family I, I would define ourselves as a ski family doesn't mean that we're good skiers mm-hmm. some of us i.e. me, not that great, but we try. <laughs> and this year, I put in the budget figure skating, something yes. I hadn't done in years and going back to it. Yeah. Wonderful. So are you going to travel for figure skating? Or Yes, we do have a couple of competitions. So <gasps> in the, they have adult... So this is synchronized skating, figure oh skating. Oh my gosh, yes, yeah. I've seen that. One of my old OT students at the U of A was a really good figure skater. And then in her, it's kind of like a master's swim club, like or a master's, like if, you, if you're if you old and you age out of competition, like what do you do? Yeah. And so master's I've learned about life. this. Yeah. Like not an yeah. educational master's, like a master's, you know, like I've, I'm in a master's swim program, right? Yeah. For yeah. old people who just still want to keep swimming, but not like paddle around or really be in competition. But yes, I've seen the synchronized skating. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to growing up. So for me, skating, figure skating was like my identity and was able to skate at the world stage. Get out. Yeah. So lucky. I'm Um, like a huge figure skating nerd. So can I interrupt you for one second? Yes. Okay. I have a question that I ask at parties. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to ask you the question. So most people, if they can't sleep you know, you've tried everything, da, 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 da. You are guilty of getting on your phone or getting on your iPad. And, you know, these are like the big insomnia nights where you really can't sleep. And you watch like fun things that are of interest to you on YouTube that like, no, if they looked at your history, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. So I am totally into figure skating. I watch all of the programs like my late night Googling when I can't sleep at 2.30 is like, I think I'm going to watch the world short program. <laughs> Ice oh dance. Oh yeah, I'm wow. hardcore. And I and I don't skate. <laughs> I love that. So you so know all about Chan in our backyard. <laughs> oh, totally. Okay. So, so, but again, mm-hmm. we're going to get back to you being a competitive figure skater and your money splurge. But what is yours? Mm-hmm. What do you watch on YouTube like, mm-hmm. that like people would that like gives you joy and soothes you I was actually this would have happened to me last night uh watching the voice okay so you read yeah, so like more the voice okay got yeah. it oh yeah. it's on Netflix okay yeah uh, uh, is it Netflix no I think we might record that 
Okay. But it's like watching The Voice or if it's the dancing competition. Dancing with the Stars. Dance. A really good I one. don't do that one, but dancing and the, the singing, any of the singing competitions. So singing and dancing. So meanwhile, yeah, I actually sing. So here, I can see the oh. irony. I actually yeah. sing. So I don't watch singing videos at night. I watch things that I can't do, like skating. Yeah. And, and, and I wish I was a Celine Dion and here yeah, I am. Wow, so and super Celine, super Celine. Okay, that's so cool. Okay, so you're going on figure skating competitions because you are now getting back to your to your love and it's you're putting money towards it. Yeah, yeah. And that was part of my inspiration word showcasing. My kids hear me talk about my previous life as a figure skater my son would have seen me compete Uh, last time I competed at the national stage would have been my daughter (laughs) months pregnant with my daughter so it would have been years ago and then I swore I I knew it was it for me I don't know you know I had two kids in diapers and I knew enjoyed this competition Helen and I remember every single moment and I thought this was it and I didn't know, I honestly, on six months ago, I wouldn't have thought I'd be skating again. But I got an email over the summer and um, it was from a, a girl I, skate, I really respect and skated with in the past. And she says, I'm going to be coaching. Do you, can you join us? And of course, it's hard to find adult figure skaters that yeah. you know, do synchronized skating. So we're a team of 14 women and we've been together now only for, for a month. So I'm just getting to know them. And just, it's about having Helen time, right? Exactly. As a busy mom and as entrepreneur and just finding what, you know, having my head stop spinning from totally. thinking oh about goodness, yes. things, right? And exactly. This, when I'm skating for three hours, I have to think about the only thing that can cross in my I can spin in my head is knowing the steps, listen to the music, smile, don't fall. <laughs> so true. You know? It's and so it's, true. And for me, and I've gotten back into singing and I just started swimming again. And like, trust me, I am not like I didn't represent anybody on any world stage for anything. But uh, swimming is sw- swimming and singing. And I actually Googled like, <laughs> I Googled like, where do the slow people go to swim in Calgary, Alberta that are over 50? <laughs> and I found one and I called them up. I'm like, oh, I think I swim a lap in like four minutes. And they're like, you're our people. <laughs> Perfect. There's a place for everyone. Oh yes. my gosh. I na- Oh my gosh. I want for those of you who love figure skating just to like have a deep dive with Helen right now, but that's not every listener. So we won't. Okay. I have to, I have to do this. What's okay. Sorry. I just have to. Oh my gosh. I have to ask you this. What is your favorite skating performance, competitive of all time. Okay, so those of you who don't pay any attention, just Google, Tessa and Scott, she's holding up the book. Okay, really deep dive, you guys. This is my podcast. I feel like I'm totally hijacking it now for my interests only. Oh, tell the people, tell the people about Tessa and Scott. Mm -hmm. There's such a beautiful story. They're both so resilient I'm also a big fan of Patrick Chan. Yeah. So these are Canadian ice dancers that won the gold and won the worlds. And everybody yeah. thought they were in love, but they're actually not. And no. they, and Patrick Chan is like, was our Canadian champion. And did he, he won worlds, didn't he? Or did he keep? He won worlds, but not he, the he, Olympics. Yeah, exactly. He missed out on the Olympics because he yeah. had a few yeah. issues. He tried okay. twice and came back. And, but yeah, so they both have such beautiful stories and journeys to be, to get to where they got and their skills are next yeah. to, yeah. Google the Scott and yeah. Tessa, just Google Moulin Rouge. 
Moulin Rouge, which was their like last big competitive. Oh my gosh. Okay. Those five people who are still listening. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here we go. See, I'm so glad I asked these questions. Okay. What is your, all five, there's maybe a sixth person out there in, in, uh, in like Germany. Germany reps on the, on the world stage. Like they rep some figure skating. Okay. What is your biggest business related splurge? For business, for this year would have been that marketing coaching. Perfect. And did you get a return on that investment? It depends what you define on return of investment. You define it. Yeah. And I think in a year from now, I'll be able to give you money. Like I think people are looking for a number for that. Often. For most people, yeah. But if you look at the return of investment, has it helped me sleep better? Mm. Yeah. Has it helped me be more focused and spend the time in the right areas? I was going to mention time. Right? So time has been a big one. And just as she helped me, my wheels, my hamster wheels from Mm -hmm. spinning, a hundred, yeah, which I think leads to improved sleep. So for me, for my health, for my well-being, it's been, so it's been a nine-month journey with her so far. So it's been worth the investment. And I think I'm slowly going to then see, well, you know what? I recently, I have an opportunity. I'll be flying to Saudi Arabia next week for doing a presentation about the future of healthcare. And that, I don't know if I would have landed that opportunity without utilizing our personas, the wording, and the the strategic planning behind that, exactly. to be honest. Oh, so, that's so brilliant. I, think I would say yes. <laughs> Good. Well, you know, um, uh, yeah. a lot of coaches talk about you have two assets. I mean, I happen to agree. You've got time and money. Those are your two biggest assets. And you choose which of those you want to work on, save, grow, etc. I appreciate you talking about time and then you got more nuanced on things like, you know, the pillars, like increasing your profit, increasing your clarity and increasing your impact. So I'm really glad to hear that. Okay. Two more questions. Where do you mm-hmm. have paid and unpaid help in your life? Mm-hmm. The paid for me would be my amazing accountant. That's mm-hmm. been quite some time. Graphic designer has been big mm-hmm. for me because I have a lot of models and frameworks. Mm-hmm. Your visuals. Yep. IP and very visual and developing the content, business and marketing coach. I also had a business coach and I'll tap into her uh, hubs and flows for right now. Instructional producer has been another one. So when I deliver Mm. the training, they've been uh, an amazing added value in my opinion. And because for me, it's very bilingual. So Mm. uh, the dive into a coach approach now is officially in French since uh, mid of this year. So a translator is really important. Yeah. The unpaid, that one would be more, I I put down my husband first and foremost. Yes, a lot of people do. And so he's an engineer brain. Mm. I love his Mm. zone of genius Mm. to support me to just zone in and focus. And he's Mm. developed many Excel spreadsheets to help me stay organized. I involve my kids. So they're 10 and 12 now. So my son is my mini accountant. And my daughter, yeah. So he'll scan the receipts, put it on on QuickBooks. That's what he was doing this weekend. He's on the payroll. (laughs) Yes. My sister has my nephew doing that too. And my nephew's 14 for her work. Yep. Yeah. And I think it makes them feel empowered and part of the process. My daughter is really into graphic design and plays, uh, has done amazing work with Canva. And so she'll support developing some uh, content for openers and things like that. 
And then obviously colleagues, right? Just mm-hmm. like people like you in my life, entrepreneurs, of my the profs at UBC that have always supported me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just I think being surrounded by a strong network. I agree wholeheartedly. That's actually as I as we mentioned earlier, like today I have the blahs. Again, it's no big deal. I'm just labeling it. And my sister and I, by the way, we have actually a framework. Oh my gosh, this is such a funny episode. We have a framework on like the mez, M-E-H, like meh, blah, blue, depressed. (laughs) Like, because there's nuance to the blahs, right? It's not just good day, bad day. And we we know the language around good days, but we found it in order to support each other. So she whipped out a piece of paper and wrote like meh, and then it's like a Likert scale linear, and then and then blah. And then blue. Yeah, today is blah. But, you know, I think c'est parce que la neige is because of the snow, I think. Yeah, yeah. But she, where was, oh yeah. So, but one of the main reasons, again, that I show up and do this, but this podcast is so easy for me to do, even on a blah day, because it's community. Like, I feel like I'm talking to not just Hélène aujourd'hui, but like everybody else out there. There's thousands of people that listen every every week. Like, it blows me away. So, yes, I totally agree. Okay, last, if I could wave my magic money wand oh. and put seven figures into your business right now, what would you spend it on? I'd love, love, love for the website to be both, uh, you know, have that click between French and English, right? And yes. right now it's English. So if I won the, the lottery, that's probably where I put it first so that people could quickly click on French or English and get the same content. Yes. Probably keep, I kind of have a small VA, like a, a little bit of task that I'll pass here and there, but dial that up for the VA. And of course, social media, someone to, you know, support with the communication and just those posts that mm-hmm. take a lot of energy from me. Do they make yeah. you business? Do they get you business? Like, is there an ROI on social media for you? I have with LinkedIn. I've mm-hmm. met people through that. Like, it's Great. really neat. People will do searches, I think, sometimes and they'll yeah. reach out. It's like, oh, can we meet? Well, like, B2B yeah. especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think LinkedIn, Instagram, the way I've been using it, it's okay that I don't have a lot of followers. I mm-hmm. And my posts take a lot of time. Like, they're evidence-based research mm-hmm. articles. I summarize mm-hmm. it, I get fun, and I go on Canva and do it. But then I use it in my educational programs. Great. So, you can so uh, it. yeah, yeah. So for me, it just makes the learning more fun for well, people that are doing And the I ask, and clearly you're not at the start phase, but those who are um, underpaid therapists with a business, road to 100K, start phase, I actually teach a system of marketing that does not rely on social media because I think too many people do it without any return on it at all. And that's actually not the way to move the needle in your business before a certain point, right? Plus, you know, you've got to get like, again, ask yourself like, is there a return on the, is this saving me time or money? Or is this making me time or money, right? Those are really the questions that I want to ask. So thank you so much, Elen, for being here today. You know, Elen has pillars in her business values and we can already see you can hear all of them in our conversation being purpose-driven being knowledgeable being a servant to leadership having incredible accurate empathy and excellence and you know I sure heard all of those today and thank you for letting me go a little off the rails today but we brought some you know joy and fun and growth and inspiration today and thank you so much and it's why we love you, Trish. It's uh, oh, go you. off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. 
This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. 